0: hey everybody welcome to another episode of the breakpoint podcast starring myself marcus smith and my co-host who do we got frankie nicolazzi what's happening everybody how we doing marcus dude doing doing well can't complain enjoying life we're back potting got indian wells coming up part of the sunshine double it's one of our favorite times of the year um and that's you know what we're here to talk about so uh First off, I think that we should mention Frank. Um, Novak Djokovic will not be playing. Did not get into the U.S. Ron DeSantis is trying really hard, but it's womp, not womp. working. Womp womp. womp. womp, it's womp not, I mean,
1: listen, it, regardless of the mistakes of Djokovic's past when it comes to the vaccine and all that stuff, this is kind of bogus at <laughs> this a point. So um, it's, it's really quite bogus and, uh, you know, You should definitely be allowed to play right now. And it's really a shame that the United States and and fans of Novak Djokovic on the West Coast um, are missing out on potentially some of his last great prime years, which is really quite upsetting for everyone involved. So um, as always, I blame the politicians who are effectively useless. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that.
0: Yeah. Um this will be Frank. Uh, he has not played at Indian well since 2019.
1: And listen, some of that is no Hold one's on. fault.
0: Oh, did he play 2020 when they moved it to the fall?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay. Then the guy I hasn't played so. there in like 4 years. So I don't no, think so. Uh... I don't th-
1: I I'll, 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 you could double check that while I vamp here. Okay. But um <laughs> some of that was not his own doing i think i think the 2021 he was injured or something like that or he was or was that after the u.s open and he just like took the break because he like you know hit the hit the lines person in the throat oh Um, right he had to like save his ass through pr true yeah exactly um but you know listen this is this is just a really bogus thing from everybody involved uh in the united states with uh this policy the fact that he wasn't just given an exemption is just really ridiculous Especially when the guy has acquired immunity by getting COVID now twice, so it's, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no science behind it. It's it's just nonsense.
0: Yeah, uh, he didn't play 2020. It was canceled. So there you go. Yeah. So it's, it'll yeah. be four years. He's still retain He's still number one in the world, and he hasn't played two of the biggest Masters events in four years. So that says something about him, which is pretty absurd. Um, it- that he he's that good at tennis. See,
1: yeah, I mean, that's definitely one viewpoint on it. I think that my, my viewpoint on it is more so like, what a shame (laughs) for tennis, like, watching this guy is really, really special. And it's a shame that we don't get
0: to do it. Yeah, I mean, you're robbing the public of greatness. So there's nothing more to be said to that. So Anyways, show must go on. Novak not playing. Uh, Nadal has pulled out. He's basically setting himself up for the clay season, as Frank and I have sort of predicted, potentially his last clay run. Um, we'll get into that into another episode. But he will be out for the Sunshine Double, and including Any Wells. However, we do have the rest of the crew. We've got Carlos, Daniil, Steph, Casper, uh, Taylor Fritz, top four seed at this tournament. Frank, what's the deal? You think he's going to, you know...
1: Defending champ, Taylor yeah, Fritz. Do you think, do you think he'll defend yourself. his title? No. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't think he does. Uh, I think there's a few players that are just on tears right now, truthfully. Right. I think number one, we've got to talk about him. Daniil Medvedev has looked absolutely phenomenal these past few weeks. And something that we had mentioned post-Australian Open was where did Daniil go? Like, we weren't necessarily concerned about, like, his game. We were like, okay, like it's still there. It's just like mentally, something is just not clicking right now. And whatever was missing, he has found, and he is looking amazing again.
0: I so, think I know what he was. please elaborate. I think he listened to the Breakpoint podcast and took it personally, like Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna predict that that is unfortunately not quite the case. <laughs> Um, have some faith with what is going on um no but Daniil daniel just looks a lot better i think he's just looking a lot mentally tougher his serve is really effective he's doing his thing of just playing super defensive and really frustrating opponents again and you know he's just a really really tough player to beat when he is at the level that he's at there's very few people that are going to be able to hit through him <clears throat> so to say but Listen, I I think for the most part, this is still fairly wide open. Like, I still think there's a number of guys that I would say could do some damage. Daniil is probably my favorite question mark. I I think it's tough to not have Daniil be the favorite, but this is also the first tournament that we're going to have Carlos Alcaraz like really back in the mix post injury. So that adds like an element of uh of. Surprise, I guess, there too, after Carlos made the semifinal last year. So yeah, it's it should be a good one. Marcus, what are your thoughts? Who is your favorite to win? Indian Wells.
0: Favorite to win is gonna be Medvedev, just because he did win three tournaments three weeks in a row, beating Rublev relatively easy, taking out Novak, looking like he was, you know, a couple of years ago when he was in his I'm gonna call it his you know, the prime that we've seen from him, basically, his best tennis. Carlos, I'm a little concerned about, Frank. He um he pulled a hammy down in down in Rio. Hammies don't really heal that quick, and that's something that you can easily twing again. I'm hoping it doesn't happen for the public's sake and our sake and, you know, tennis fans' sake. Um he's got a relatively Got a relatively easy-ish draw. I mean, he could potentially face cash or Tommy Paul. I think Tommy Paul is someone that we should definitely look out for. That could be a dark horse for this tournament. He's been playing some seriously good tennis. I know he lost down to hour down in Mexico, but he's made a semifinal run at the uh, at the Australian Open. Has played some really good tennis. I watched him all week. He's really cleaned up his game. He's coming to net a lot. He's clean. He, mentally, he looks very strong, fit, very, very fit. Um, you know, he just needs to get through a tough, poor cash third round. Uh, and then hopefully, you know what? Screw it. I'm picking him to beat FAA if they meet.
1: Oh, I'd easily pick him over FAA. I'll start with that. But <clears throat> I could not agree more. He was going to be my dark horse. So you beat me to it a little bit there. But Tommy Paul is absolutely my dark dark horse. I think he's been playing so, so well. I think what we saw at Australia was not a fluke with Tommy Paul The guy has really worked on his fitness, really worked on the offensive parts of his game and really adding like A plus like weapons because I think before he was just very like B to B plus across the board. And now like I think you can pretty confidently say like his serve is like an A weapon. And I think that his backhand, to be honest, also might kind of be an A weapon, which is really weird to say. But yeah, I think Tommy Paul, really, really good player. Love him. I I think that's a great shout. Um, I think the other player that has a lot of potential to really run the gamut to at least the semifinal, if not the final, because of the vulnerability that you mentioned with Carlos Alcaraz, which I do agree with, and is something that I have been sort of ringing the bell a little bit on with you. In fairness, is that I'm very concerned about Carlos's like longevity with how many injuries that he has already picked up and will pick up just because of his play style. Yannick Sinner. Yannick has looked pretty good the past few weeks and has a fairly open half of the draw. He avoids Medvedev, avoids Tsitsipas, two guys that he's had a little bit more trouble with, although he has gotten past Tsitsipas last time they played. But I don't really see anyone on this half of the draw, whether it's Taylor Fritz or Lorenzo Musetti or Dean Kazmanovic, Holger Rune, uh, Herkash—that I would say, like, oh, they'll definitely beat Yannick. Like Yannick, I think would stand a pretty good chance against all of those guys. Herkash is his friend, and like they practice a lot together, so that would actually be, I think, probably a toss-up to be honest, because I think Herkash has been balling out too. But I think that that half of the draw is probably the most compelling. I think mean, it's the most wide-open
0: one. Surprised you didn't give Rune more of a shot against Sinner. Uh,
1: I think that that is kind of a bad matchup for Hulk and Rune. How come? I, I think that Yannick's backhand has the potential to really kind of dominate that, That number one. And then number two is my one like big wipe, or quip, quip, whatever, uh, right. with... No, I think it's qu- whatever. Um, my one thing with Holger Rune's game is that like his stro- like his technique, is that he has like a pretty like long and fast, uh, forehand. If you notice, and like I think that the way that Yannick hits like so aggressive, uh, and so like penetrating and deep, I, I think that it might cause Holger Rune to just not have a ton of time on that side. And if Holger tries to be aggressive on the baseline. I think he just might get cooked, quite honestly, of playing against somebody like Sinner, and it would force Holger to have to play a little bit differently than he would against probably everybody else. And I don't know if at this age he has that in the bag yet. I'm not saying that he won't forever, but I don't know if he has that yet.
0: That's a hot take, considering the guy won Paris Masters and beat Novak Djokovic. I'm pretty sure he's got it. The question or I, not is whether or not he can be consistent with it. In my opinion,
1: I mean, sure. I think the consistency consistency thing is oh for any young player, Carlos included, yeah. and Sinner, right? Like absolutely. Yeah. But I think specifically for Holger for for like. And also, I guess this applies for all of the young guys, but it's also just like the problem solving that goes on, right? Like that's the stuff that we see like Novak be so good at, Roger be so good at, Rafa be so good at. I don't know if Holger Rune has that yet. And one of the biggest growth areas that I've seen for Yannick over the past like a year or so has been that problem solving. Like I think that the Pass matchup in particular is like a really good case in point of that where Yannick was just trying to play the exact same way that he always has, where he just hits through people. And then all of a sudden, now that he's being coached with Darren by Darren Cahill, particularly I've seen a lot more problem solving. Like I've seen, Oh, you know what? Steph is just kind of sitting back and cranking backhands back at me, looping them and waiting to run around and hit a forehand. So I'm just going to drop shot him over and over and over again and make him run. And that, like was the, the fix like that was the that unlocked that matchup for him and I just don't know if Rune has that yet I'm not saying that it, maybe he does I could be wrong I'm I feel like I'm being pretty compliment complimentary of him but you know I I would still take I would take center I oh. think her is is like I think her is a better player than Rune is I would take I would take Hercash right now over rune no problem
0: Well, it can be said that that Frank has strong opinions. Um, (laughs) That's something that could be said. Yeah, I don't know. I think think Rune has the ability to beat Jan, and I think it's mainly mentally and not necessarily strategy-wise. I just think kind of his antics, if he wants to get into it, and I could see Jan getting a little rattled by it. And then if Holger starts to play well, I could see that happening. Also, to your point about, I agree with you on the speed part, Problem is inuels is really slow hard courts, so that's going to slow things down a lot, and that's going to really be in Holger's kind of advantage for him. But you know that's just such a that's a tough call. Like I think there's no right or wrong answer there, because I think that Jan, you know, even against a guy like Musetti, if he's hot, can play really well. Kesmanovic, too. I could also easily see Kesmanovic make making a run in that little quarter there. So. That's to be seen. Frank, the one that pops up in my eyes that I really want to get into. Obviously, the, the Neal quarter doesn't really look that great uh, in terms of just competitiveness. I mean, the Neal is going to probably cakewalk it. Um, Sverov's in there. He's been doing well, but I don't think he's ready to take out the Neil yet. I think that's too big of a step for him. Rude, not impressed with at all lately, although we'll probably regret to say that because that's the usual on the Breakpoint podcast want to get your thoughts on this quarter, Frank. Who makes it out of this one between Rublev, Nori, TFO, and Tsitsipas?
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one. Hmm. My gut reaction, whether you can believe it or not, is Rublev. Yes, yes. He said <laughs> it's it. Rublev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's Rub. I think my gut, my I think, my gut pick is gonna be uh, is gonna be Rublev. I think like part of me wants to say Sitsipas because I think the guy's played well and like outdoor slow hardcore. you'd think Sitsipas, but I just think like Rublev had a really nice tournament in uh, what was that? That was Dubai, right? So you know. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Rublev, but I think that that match between Rublev and Sitsipas will be a really that should be a very tight match. So, and it depends if if Steph comes out firing, I could see him overwhelming Rublev pretty quickly. And we know how much Rublev has struggled at that quarterfinal stage in a bigger tournament, going up against a fellow top eight player. You know,
0: that's if Steph even makes it. I think T. I think TFO can say beat more.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Tia- Tiafo is somebody that yeah. I I wanted you to talk about. So please do.
0: Yeah, he is. This is this is this is this could be like a Taylor Fritz type situation last year for him in terms of you've got to, you know, you played well at the open. You're back on U.S. soil. Now's your time to make some noise. You've got two tournaments in America that you can do it at hard courts. I think, honestly, I think the slower one will actually help him a little bit because he can make it a little bit more grindier, more physical, get his heavy topspin going on his forehand, especially attacking Steph's backhand. I think Steph would be better off actually in Miami against him where the courts are a bit quicker. Um, So my opinion there is that Francis definitely has a shot to beat Steph, although we haven't really seen much of Steph. I think the Rotterdam tournament was the last time we saw him. So we haven't really seen him on outdoor courts in a while. Um, you know, Francis obviously played down in Mexico. He lost to Taylor in a tight one. But this is a tough, tough one. I also can't discount Nori. I mean, the guy beat Carlos on clay in Rio. And he's yes, also been. We forgot to
1: talk co- about that.
0: Completely forgot wild, to talk about that. Wild. Yeah. Wild result. Yeah, absolutely insane. And he, what did he make the final a couple of years ago at Indian Wells?
1: Uh that was his breakout. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. it? Uh, no, he won it. Didn't he win it? And he played um Vili in the final.
0: Oh my God, Frank and I are totally unprepared. I'm going on Google.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm fairly certain that that is right. Shout out to Nicholas Basilash by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um I don't know but if anyway actually well, I was preparing while you were uh speaking there and I was looking up the head to heads of Tiafo and Sitsipas. Francis Tiafo has the all time lead three two and beat him last time they played at the Labor Cup.
0: Out of their head to head, how many times have they played on hard court?
1: They have played four times on hard court.
0: What's their hard twice court in indoor?
1: Head-to-head? No, three times in indoor, once outdoor. And
0: the head to head? 2-2 and yeah. he's
1: played and he's played Rublev and he leads the Rublev matchup Tsitsipas 6-5 and a lot of that has been clay wins so yeah no I think that's a very good shout on your
0: on your part yeah cuz I you know thinking about it Frank Frank Steph is not a good is not a good matchup for sorry Francis is not a good matchup for Steph thinking about it because st- Steph likes guys who give him like good rhythm and kind of hit the same ball every time and that's not Francis. He's going to hit, crack his forehand with hot like really heavy spin and you know we talked about this last episode our player profile the dude's backhand is incredibly flat and he's just going to mix it up like that he's been coming to net more he's improving his game his serve is great so he's got a service advantage over Steph. That's a tricky matchup. I I would put some money on Francis for that one. I don't know
1: if I would say service advantage quite Quite so. Ooh. Steph has been serving quite well.
0: Okay. So okay. I
1: don't, I don't know if that's like a very clear, like, if even. you were to tell me, huh? Uh,
0: at least even though. Hundred percent. Okay.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Maybe slight lean towards Tiafo, but I would not say overwhelming advantage. But yeah, no, I hear you. I think that's a very good call, uh, and 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 one we should probably be aware of. um I just have this feel like the thing about Casper Rude who I think is another really... <laughs> <laughs> no, because, like, on one hand, my gut and my my mind, rather, says Casper Rude is going to flame out in, like, the third round to Diego Schwartzman or something. Right?
0: Disrespect.
1: But, like, on the other hand, like, my gut is saying, like, outdoor, slow, hardcourt. That's kind of Casper Rude's like, bread and butter for it's like that's where he's always been successful so i would lean towards like casper doing quite well but i just don't trust him <laughs> like that's the that's the dilemma that i'm having uh the other so i'm not gonna really make a call on casper i i i think like if he gets to the quarterfinals and plays kachana for example i would take Kachanov. Uh, and I think you would be right there with me in
0: doing so. He, the, here's, I, I get what you're coming from. And he, and for the most part, I agree. The only thing for me with Casper is that I think that he's the type of guy, if he can make it past the first couple of rounds, he gets really tough to beat because he gets his teeth really into the tournament. He really gets used to the conditions and he will just grind away. I think if, I think if he's going to lose and disappoint us, he's going to disappoint us pretty quickly. So um,
1: I think you nailed it right there at the beginning. It's the fitness thing. Casper's mm. fitness is off the charts. So your description of he's able to grind out opponents more at the end is 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 a very apt one.
0: Yeah, and he's just got to get through those first couple of rounds. Who's he playing in the beginning? Let's see. Yeah, Ooh, if he loses a Schwartzman, I mean, he okay theoretically he really should be getting past Schwartzman and Ishiyoka. And then I would say, at that point, he'll work himself in to beat a Kachanov. I don't think he beats a Medvedev, though. Like, I don't think that's happening.
1: 100%, no. He does not beat Medvedev. That, <laughs> yeah. that will not, not, not happen. happen. No. That will not happen. Um, the last person that I wanted us to really speak about for this episode was Alexander Zverev. And I was wondering what your sort of thoughts on him... And his comeback have been now that we're two and a half months, two months into the season. You know, what are you thinking for him?
0: In terms of Indian Wells?
1: Yeah, for Indian Wells. And then also just generally, how do you think he looks?
0: I think he's looking better. And with him and his injury and his style of play, I knew that it wasn't going to be a, oh, he's going to come back immediately and return to the top five that i knew wasn't going to happen it was going to kind of be a slow build he's got to build his fitness back up his trust in his ankle um his game style he plays he play he has really big long strokes that you know he's got a his timing's got to be on so he did he put up a good performance in dubai i'm not disappointed with his loss to andre rublev um he's been playing sick too so like for the, kind of what I was talking about earlier, like I think he'll make it to play Medvedev, but I think he's going to lose. But I think it'll be like a step forward for him every single tournament. And I think by the end, I'm hoping by like summertime, you know, U.S. Open hard court swing that he's going to like return to that old form of his where he can be a threat.
1: Yeah, I personally have it a little bit of a tighter window than you. I think he might be in contention by Roland Garros. I think he's just a lot more comfortable on the clay that I wouldn't surprise me if that's where he really started to excel. Uh, But I totally hear your point. I mean, I, I, that's me being optimistic, but I, I, but yeah, I, I hear you is the point more. So
0: yeah. Only caveat that I would say to Roland Garros, because I think he does well on clay too, is I don't think his conditioning is going to be quite there yet.
1: And that's, yeah, that's a very very, fair point. Um, I also lied. There is one more player that I want us to talk about. Um, (laughs) Benjamin Shelton. What do we think of his odds at a tournament like this? We're back on U.S. soil. Got that massive serve, all this momentum. I don't know. I'm kind of curious as to how he does. I think that's a really tricky matchup for Fritz. Potentially in the second round, but I also kind of think that Shelton's got his hands full with Fognini in the first round, who was like a crafty veteran that like could just throw some, you know, BS and like beat him, you know, that I think that's a big test.
0: Oh, Fognini's totally taking him out. Like that's happened. all right,
1: That. That right there is the scorching hot take of this entire episode. You were giving me crap for Holger Rune potentially not beating <laughs> Yannick Sinner. You're throwing out that. Uh, that's nonsense. I'm All gonna right. I'm going to put that, put that in gonna, the poll of the episode. Yeah. No, forget the poll of the episode. The second that that's wrong, I'm going on Instagram live with you. That's what's <laughs> happening. Because that is just a scorching hot take.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's happening. That's happening.
1: I just cannot wait for the Ben Shelton 6160 because Fognini didn't feel like playing today, and <laughs> Marcus just has to admit full defeat. <sighs>
0: Yeah, no, I think I think like Fognini's just like I feel like there are certain days and certain opponents where he's just like, you know what? Like I'm just gonna beat you and then I'll crap out. Like I think that this is this type of situation where he's like, you know what, I'm gonna take out Mr. Newboy and then I'm gonna like get bit double bagel by Fritz. Whatever. I'll go home to Florida. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna <laughs> come on. <laughs> leave Flavia out of this US Open <laughs> champion. Um no, I mean like I could totally see Fabio like I'm gonna beat Shelton make a mild profit on this trip, and uh, I'm going to go sit on a beach in Italy. <laughs> this guy said
0: mild profit. Well, first he's got to go to Miami. You know he's going to be chilling in Miami. He wants to win in Indy Wells, but not too much because he needs more Miami time.
1: That's true. Yeah, Now he definitely is more of a Miami guy than a Southern California guy. I could see that. Um, anyway, I think that's going to do it for us here at uh, the Breakpoint well, Podcast.
0: What? Who do we think is going to win this tournament?
1: I think we started with that. My pick was Medvedev.
0: Yeah, mine too. Just wanted to confirm. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Just wanted to make sure um, you didn't pick Fognini to win, you know? Uh,
1: definitely not Fognini. Um, Yeah, I'll go Medvedev over Sinner in the final. Why not? Medvedev beats Sinner. Uh, that's probably in two sets, to be honest, for Med.
0: I'll That's come out idea. with I'll come out with a little hotter one. I'll take. Screw it. I will take Medvedev over Tommy Paul in the final.
1: I mean, honestly, why not? I'm in, I'm with yeah. it. Sure. Um, okay. So now. That will do it for us here at the Breakpoint Podcast. We appreciate you all listening and thank you very much for your continued fandom. If you would like to get in touch with us, please follow us on Instagram and DM us at Breakpoint Podcast 7 which is our handle across all of your social channels, including Twitter, TikTok, you name it, we got it. You can also email us at BreakpointPodcast7 at gmail.com. And if you're really interested, and you just want to learn more about us, you could go to podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. And there's all of our episodes and a little about me section for each of us. And as always, to wrap it up, if you have any episode ideas, you want to come on the pod, you think that Marcus's take of Fognini beating down Ben Shelton is horrible. It is. No, it's not. <laughs> then please DM us on Instagram. That's the fastest way to get in touch with us. And we would love to have you on. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you guys next time. Enjoy Indian Wells.
0: up, Fabio.